You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into a late night edition of Judd's Hockey Show, where the Minnesota Wild played the Seattle Kraken, the expansion Kraken tonight, after beating Vancouver a couple nights ago. And the Wild comes away with a 4-1 loss, uh, two empty net goals by the Kraken to win this one, handing the Wild their first road loss of the season. Zolgad and, of course, Declan Goff. Uh, plenty to get to in this game, Dex, but uh, I'll just start out by saying this. Cam Talbot was exceptional. It probably should have been about a 6-1 to one game. Um, in, in fact, the Wild the Wild should have lost so badly with how they played for much of this game that uh, they shouldn't have had the opportunity to pull Cam out of the game for the empty net. Um, because they basically got the play taken to them for the majority of the first period, all of the second period. Ryan Hartman had a good game, and other than that, um, boy, that was a that was a unwelcome flashback to a lot of the crap that we've seen before. And I know they had guys out, and look, I get that, okay, but that doesn't excuse sleepwalking through that large a portion of a game against a a nice but an expansion team. I'm Dude. I'm not impressed with that at all. Three players showed up tonight. Three. Cam Talbot, obviously, number one. Mm-hmm. Matt Dumba, number two again. I mean, just uh, honestly, another really good performance from him. Um, I thought he was very noticeable defensively. Uh, he continues to have a really good start to the season. And, yeah, Ryan Hartman having a good night. This this team had some issues going in, COVID protocols. They had to call some guys up from Iowa. But you're playing an expansion team that basically outworked you for 60 minutes. And if I, if I can sum up one word, and you might even say, oh, you're overreacting, you know, you're going to lose regular season games. And I know that. But to me, this is a, this was pathetic. Like, it, it was a pretty pathetic performance. Um, you, you came out in 12 minutes and played pretty well. And after that, you got outworked, outchanced uh, in every asset of this game. You, were, you're, you should be praying that Cam Talbot... You're thankful you have him because, I mean, for God's sakes, he kept you in this game. And I know I was advocating with you earlier today um, in, in the lead-up to this show that, hey, this might be a perfect game to get Kapo Kakinen in. I mean, looking back on it, obviously now, yeah, I'll eat crow on that one. But at the same time, I, I would say from the forwards, and that includes Kirill, that includes my guy Fiala, that includes uh, basically everyone of that group, it was a pathetic performance. I think that's how I would sum it up. So Hartman scored to give the Wild a one nothing lead at 6.27 of the first period. And up until that point, the Wild had played pretty damn well. Marcus Flano then shortly thereafter had a goal nullified because of a kicking motion that he originally thought was a goal, was waved off, was reviewed, and waved off again. After that, the Wild basically fell asleep. And what I find to be unexcusable about this game is the second period. Because they spent, after the Felino no goal, the Wild spent the majority of the rest of the first period sleepwalking. And so I said, okay, they're going to come out in the second period and rectify that because these are the new Wild that we think are going to be different, that I thought so far is different. And instead of that, they sleptwalked through the second period, woke back up in the third. Um, Yes, 
Zuccarello being out hurts. Pitlick, look, Pitlick played well against the Canucks, but he's a fourth line guy, so let's not talk about him. Yeah, Kul- Kulikov being out hurts a bit, and Goligoski being out definitely hurts. But all of that being said, that does not excuse your behavior when you decide to essentially um, check out from the game for a large portion and then do what the Wild used to do, which is in the third period, show back up and are like, okay, we're engaged now. So that drives you crazy. Um, I have another question, and I saw this thrown out on Twitter, and I tend to agree with this question. Okay. So um, you, you basically knew, I believe, in the in the morning skate in Seattle today, Kulikov didn't skate. He's hurt. Something's wrong. We don't know, of course, because hockey, they're never going to tell you. And then Goligoski was scratched, which was a surprise. I guess my – but my question is this. If Kulikov's hurt and you need to recall defensemen, where's Kalen Addison? Like you deemed him good enough to play in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he is the next defenseman up, and I am surprised that, that he didn't get the call. Unless there's something going on with him, uh, he would be the next guy for me because I think he really plays a, a game uh, that fits today's style of game. And instead, he he didn't get called up. They played what Lazat, who Saint Cloud Boy, yeah, who took a penalty, who took a bad penalty but the point being is i don't get that one um but yeah this was a this was a definite step back and and this is a, this is the sort of thing that dean is going to have to nip in the bud quickly because zuccarello might not have played and i get that but he can't be that important and again it doesn't excuse it doesn't excuse what we saw against an expansion team that worked hard good for them but you went out there and you essentially looked like you had played the previous night and flown across the country. You played yeah. in Vancouver, which I think is basically a bus ride from Seattle, and you had a day off in Seattle. So, like, there's there's no getting around the, the fact, as much as my friends at Valley Sports North tried, and oh, they did try, there's no getting around the fact that this was a crappy performance that, um, that you're going to lose games. I totally get that. I have no problem with that. Uh, you you don't lose games like this if you care. And that's my problem. And, and anything that reminds me of the old garbage that we used to see on a regular basis makes me nervous because I don't need that. Like, this is supposed to be a different team, a new team. And when I see a, a, a period and a half mailed in, followed by a, okay, now we're back, and you're basically you're hanging your goaltender out to dry – that is, that is BS, not BSN, BS. <laughs> See what you did there. Uh, well, I, number one, I, I had Root Sports on. Uh, my friends at ESPN Plus, who I have told you how much I love, uh, love, love watching every, every night and just watching so much hockey at my disposal, Judd. I watched the Hurricanes game for the first two periods, watched, obviously, Packers and Cardinals, uh, but then turned on Root Sports, had the great John Forslund on the call, one of the best. No blackout? One of the best. No, uh, it, it, let's just say there's very easy ways to avoid that. Oh, okay. Um, I'll just use the words VPN. I won't explain anymore. VPN, and I'll let our listeners figure it out. Be, I'm not going to ex- be careful. Yeah. A guy, a guy in I'm St. Not St. Louis Park, for anything. a guy in St. Louis Park got pinched today, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's in big trouble. Got a it. guy in my neck of the woods got, got pinched yeah. today. Thirty just, year old um, guy just thought he was having fun. Just 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 Google VPN. Just, okay. just Google right. that. Uh, but I had John Forzel on the call, former Wild Winger, JT Brown, doing color commentary. Yeah. His first time doing color commentary. John Forzel calls one of the best games in, in the NHL. Uh, JT Brown doing his first uh, 
uh, first time doing color commentary. I, I would love to have him a, a little bit more pepped up, but I do know it's a big stage. I did think he did a nice job overall, um, and they didn't sugarcoat things at all. You know, obviously they're they're the Seattle side, so they're gonna they're gonna have some different bias for that end. Uh, but I didn't get the BSN broadcast. But just to go back to your original point of of it being a pathetic effort, being a, the old wild guard. I mean, yeah, it's just it's disappointing because. Look, Seattle took a different route than Vegas did in this expansion draft, how they wanted to build their roster, and I, I don't fault them for that. They basically have opened themselves up to, if they want in free agency next summer and other summers, to sign big players. They they took a cost-effective route, which, by the way, not a bad idea. And I know the Judd Zolgad plan of expansion drafted, you're supposed to suck. Yeah. I don't think the Seattle Kraken team is going to suck. I don't think they're going to be as good as Vegas was when they entered the league and obviously made the miraculous run of the cup, but they're probably somewhere in between. But for for the Wild to go in there and get outworked, not on a back-to-back, I know Zuccarello was out, but you had Kaprizov and Fiala up top. It was a big moment for them. You can debate if it was should have been Kalen Addison and not John Lazat making his NHL debut. To me, I don't think that would have mattered. I actually I, I liked what mostly what the blue line brought tonight, I think it was your forwards that let you down. I mean, Ryan Hartman scores a nice goal. You get that power play, too, at the end. You and I were texting right before um, this game ended when you got that last chance power play with about seven, eight minutes left in regulation. And Joel Erickson Eck, who, who looks like he has turned himself around into a better player from last season and, and, and even in this season in moments, a talented player and, and a player who has changed does not slide that puck across the crease. And I know hockey, you know, hockey plays like that happen all the time. And I get that. And it's not a damning play on Eck, but a, a, a good player, a player who has turned the corner and is naturally gifted, finds the back of the net there. He had the entire back of the net and then some to, to tie the game. And instead he just pushes it right across. It's, it's frustrating to see that. Because that that literally would have tied the game and possibly would have bailed you out after a pathetic performance. And that is the game of hockey, right? Like Cam Talbot plays phenomenally. Credit Philip Grubauer. He was also on his game tonight, too. But you got outworked and outchanced every throughout, I would say, what, Judd, 90% of this game, right? You, you came out for the first 8, 10 minutes. The Wild actually, I thought, looked really good in the first 10 minutes of the first period. And outside of a little blip there in midway through the third when they got that power play and it maybe even seemed like, oh, they might steal some momentum here and they might even steal one or are going to be able to tie this, they weren't able to do that at all. I, I, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. I, I, kinda, I, I call it a pathetic performance against a Kraken team that I thought was very beatable. Well, and, and Eck had uh, back-to-back there from what you're talking about on that power play late in the third period, back-to-back great chances. And, yeah, he pushed the, the first one across basically the goal line and it hit the far post and then – the second one, and I loved how how he was positioned because that's exactly what you want from him. Uh, he hit the, I think it was the near post. So yeah, and and that's that's unfortunately going to happen at times. I was far more upset with the overall performance. Kaprizov had six shots tonight, and and Kirill also the first goal that he set up by Hartman was a great no look pass in front, which you know speaks to his skill. Um. So I like the fact that he was shooting more. He still, though, to me, as good as that first pass was, set up the Hartman goal. Kirill Kaprizov still looks to me like he is lacking some type of confidence. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I know that I, I know I saw last year something that we're yet to see, mm-hmm. um, where he, he doesn't look at all so far for the most part, and he's got six points now and he still doesn't have his first goal, but he doesn't look at all Declan to me 
like a guy who has the ability right now, and I think this is confidence, to dictate the pace or style of game, which I thought he did. And we talked about this fairly extensively at some points on uh, on the show last year, that he sort of dictated the play when, when he was on the ice for large extents of the 2020 uh, pandemic-shortened season. That's lacking right now, and I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know exactly what. I can't put my finger on it, but I know what we're seeing right now doesn't remind me consistently. He he looks like a good, decent player out there right now, where last year it looked a lot of times like he was up here, mm-hmm. and the rest of the players were sort of right here. And I don't know exactly what's going on there or why, or and if it's all confidence, if it's conditioning and confidence. I don't know. But there is something I think that we can definitively say now with his game that is off. And and if on a night like this we see the Kirill Kaprizov that we saw we saw so often last season, Dex, I think that game gets tied. Like that's the type of game where Talbot stands on his head, which he did to his credit. He was absolutely outstanding tonight. But I think if we see, you know, a year ago, I think Kirill single-handedly basically says, I'm going to tie this game. Tonight, I just didn't feel like he ever approached that. Um, And that's one corner, and we are early within the first 10 games. I get all that. But that's one corner that you really need him to turn here if he is going to make the type of money that he is currently making and will for the next five years. That's that's my synopsis right now of Krill. I'm glad he got six shots. I'm glad he's mm-hmm. sh- he is shooting the puck more. But there is just something fundamentally lacking that we definitely saw last season from him. Just looking at what he was able to do tonight, you know, he had an assist. He was on the goal. He was on the ice for a goal. He allowed two others one on, so he was a negative one. Um he ended up playing the most minutes of any forward tonight, uh, at least five on five. He played 14-58, five on five tonight, according to natural stat trick. Um, in, terms of Corsi, in terms of his Corsi four and Corsi against, he was 16 of 21, meaning teams were still out shooting him when he was on the ice. But at the same time, he sets up a beautiful goal to Ryan Hartman. I mean, that that's that shades of last season. That was that was mm-hmm. making Ryan Hartman look like a, a top-line center when Ryan Hartman, who, by the way, we love on this show, and I call him all reliable, has really no business being a top-six player. And again, not a shade, not a knock on Ryan Hartman. It's just not who he's supposed to be. But Kirill draws so much attention and can make insane passes that most hockey players in this league cannot make. He sets up Ryan Hartman. He gets a goal. Hartman gets the credit for the goal. And really, that was all Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, six shots on net tonight, to your point. It, it, was a, it was a fine night with Kirill. It wasn't a bad night. I wouldn't call it a bad night, and I, and I don't think you did either. You, you, at the end of the day, I don't think you're saying it, this was a bad night for Kirill, but I agree with you that Something is not right. Something's not the same as it was last season. And that's, I think, fair to say, even with him getting some assists here, right? He's up to six assists now, yep. I, I believe, in six, seven games. So, I mean, he's still been fine. That's not the point. He still hasn't yet to, he's yet to score a goal. And that although that play with Hartman is good and a nice play, you know, when they had that power play again in the last seven, eight minutes and him and Fiala are dancing around. And it, in fact, there was even a, a, a point, I believe, maybe a possession or two or probably 30, 30 seconds or so more, uh, before X slid the uh, puck across the crease that Kevin Fiala had a golden opportunity to shoot and he didn't. 
And it was, and I was screaming at my TV saying, well, that, that, that's a perfect opportunity where, Kirill, where Kevin Fiala should shoot and always does shoot, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. There, there just seems to be something off with the game. And I, I, you know, I got some tweets and I got some looks, and even Michael Russo, who obviously covers this team and knows more about hockey than I ever will, was able to say that, look, looks like Kevin Fiala's turning pucks over. This experiment probably isn't going to be long-lasting. I still say, well, still, you, you give them more than 10 minutes in one game together. You know, yeah. like, like just because it wasn't pretty tonight. And I, and I do think um, as much as I've wanted these two to play together, it wasn't a pretty line tonight. They didn't have a gr- that line cohesiveness did not have a great performance tonight as a, as a cohesive line, Ek, Fiala and Kaprizov. Right. But I, 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 I still want to see them get more minutes and I still want to see them get more chances. And unfortunately, they weren't able to do that tonight. But with Kirill there is just something a little bit missing. And I don't know, Judd, too. I brought this point up to you when he went into that into the boards awkward. I don't know if he's maybe fighting through a little something. But at the same the way he's playing, the way he's skating, I don't think he's No, he's not playing like he's through. hurt. No, he's not playing like he's hurt. He's playing like there's something missing from his game. And, and I think a good example of what we're talking about here, Declan, is the breakaway, too. Now, Grubauer made a nice save there. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of move to that. Like, he didn't have a lot of moves. I mean, Kirill, when Kirill's going well, he's magical. Like, just, he is a magical player. That's why I said quickly last season, he is the best uh, player in this franchise history that I've seen, including Gabrick. Um, but on the breakaway tonight, which was a nice play and was a great opportunity, a, he just sort of handled it like he was a player. Not, not like the guy that we saw throughout um, so much of 2020. And so that's what that that's why I just think it feels like there is something missing. And I don't know, again, I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's, he's pressing too much because of the contract. Um, I'm with you on the line. So, so to be clear, I, I think we're in lockstep here. The Fiala Kaprizov thing, you can't be like, well, they haven't scored I, and, and they don't look good. They so, turned the puck over. So they're done together. What, what are we doing here? Okay. Like, first of all, beyond the power play um, through the last year plus or two years now, I don't think they have played five on five much together at all. They've played occasionally, but not a lot. So like there's a chemistry three chemistry element here that has to be developed potentially. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do this, Dino, you can't be like, okay, it's not working. We're going to rip it apart. Um, you know, Dean went back to the Eckfelino Greenway line, which, yeah. which is sort of like go- going t- uh, to the CDs and pulling out greatest hits. Uh, <laughs> I understand why you're doing it, but it's a new year and you're trying to do different things. But just to go back to Fiala and Kaprizov, I didn't like how quickly the plug got pulled there. Um, I'm with you. Were they great? No. Was the entire team great? No. Again, to what you said, I mean, I thought Hartman was great. I thought Talbot was great. You brought up Dumba. Uh, but I don't think that that is, I don't think that you say, okay, I've got these two top players and, and it's really an ideal time to play them together. And now the whole team doesn't look good. So they're being broken up. I didn't like that. I think if you're going to give them a chance, give them a chance. Look, I think you got to have at least decks at the very least a couple of games. Like, after two games, after six periods, if it's just horse bleep, you'd probably be like, okay, it didn't work. Uh, but, 
you know, less than two periods and you're and you're pulling the plug. Uh, I come on, come on, give them yeah. a give them a chance. And we all know that when Zuccarello comes back from COVID protocol, that he's going to be back with with Kaprizov, which, OK, I get that. But that's why right now was a golden opportunity to let them play. And you know what? The whole team played bad. If that line had just been crappy, I'd be like, okay, that line was crappy. And the rest of the team was really good. Uh, but come on. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm completely in your camp here. Give them an opportunity. And then after a, a larger sample size, assess it. But those are two pretty skilled guys who probably don't have a ton of chemistry together five on five. And pulling the plug like this is a playoff game or something. I thought tonight was was actually a prime opportunity to leave them together. Actually, right. And you know, we also will figure out too if uh, Matt Zuccarello and Rem Pitlick, for that matter, are going to test positive again, and if they have to remain in Seattle for, by the way, in an extended absence. You know, you're talking about nine more additional days. They won't be able to join this team until uh, a week and a half from now, and you're going to play Colorado on Saturday. Um, you're going to have to play fire with fire. The, the Wild don't have the defensive chops, and as much as I love Felino and Hartman and I like jo- I like Joel Erickson Eck, I actually thought Jordan Greenway had a better game tonight, still not anything he to ride home hurt, about. Though. And I know he got banged up too in, yeah. in one of those last shifts. I noticed yeah. that as well. Yeah. You, you, don't really, you don't really have the chops to say, well, we're going to shut you down, Colorado. And before I used to tell you, in previous wild teams, well, if you want to play fire, if you want to go toe-to-toe and you want to trade haymakers with Colorado, odds are you're going to lose. Odds are you're going to lose. Well, the, with the way the wild are constructed right now and with Zuccarello out, I, I wouldn't then go back and say, well, we're going to put Fial with Frederick Goudreau, we're going to figure out someone else to play with Ek and Kaprizov, and we're going to mix and match lines and try to go with matchups and try to do this and that to go with Colorado. If you have to play the Avs, you got to have Fiala and Kaprizov together, man. Like I, I don't see why you wouldn't. And if Zuccarello, again, this is the worst-case scenario because also that means he's tested positive for COVID and he's out more. It makes no sense for you not to try this line more and try it again in Colorado. If you get burned, you get burned. You know, Colorado's a really, really good team. Even if they have, you know, quote-unquote underachieved the first half-dozen games this season, you have to give them a longer leash to see if this works. On the power play, even even to go back as much as I was upset when X slides that puck across, and maybe Fiala doesn't shoot a puck when I want him to shoot the puck, but you could see creativity there, right? You saw creativity there. You saw you saw chances where both Kirill and Fiala were feeding off each other. Spurgeon was at the point. It mm-hmm. was clearly working. You have to try those opportunities more. There, there's going to be times where you get burned. There's going to be also chances and opportunities when Kevin Fiala ends up turning a puck over at, at neutral ice, which he did tonight. And that's frustrating, and it might drive, drive Dino insane. But when you're without Matt Zuccarello, and you're, and also let's just say it, you're out, you're without Rem Pitlick, you're just down two bodies right now. You're, you're going to have other players have to step up, and you're also going to have to rely on your star players more than ever right now. And as much as we think that the organization doesn't believe in Kevin Fiala, and think of highly um, on this show that they do maybe organizationally, Kevin Fiala is probably your second best and second most naturally talented player on this team right now. So you have to put him in positions to succeed, which means giving them a longer leash together. So I, I would hope when they play the Avs, and, and it could be a bloodbath. 
it very well could be a bloodbath on Saturday in Colorado. But I, I still think you have to give them a longer leash and an opportunity. So I wouldn't be surprised at, at all Saturday against the Avs if we actually see Eric Sinek reunited full-time with Greenway, assuming he plays, and Felino and that line going up against the McKinnon line. And then Hartman gets put with Kaprizov at some point. And then the question then is, do, do you also put uh, Fiala on the right wing there? The other thing I didn't really like tonight was the second power play. The second power play with guys out. So the, this was – the changes were forced, but I still don't like it. Is you had Felino, Hartman, and Rask. Why is Victor Rask on the power play? Where, and you had Dumba and Brodeen on the points. I don't mind that. But here's my thought. Your first power play with Zuccarello off of it had Ek, Kaprizov, and Goudreau up front with Fiala and um, Spurgeon on the points. If you're going to put Rask on the second power play, you're coming very close to damn near punting. So, so if you're going to punt... Why don't you take uh, Goudreau, put him on the second power play in place of Rask, then take um, then take Dumba and move him up with Spurgeon on the points and put Fiala on that wing. I would rather have I, – I don't – look, look, Goudreau has pleasantly surprised me, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give him a constant gold star and be like, oh, you belong in the first power play, blah, blah, blah. Um, Matthew Dumba with that shot on the point is lethal. And I would hope that considering what you had to do with that second power play, that the playing time for the first power play would be the majority of the power play, correct? Well, if that's going to be the case, I would far prefer to take Goudreau off that, move Fiala from the point to the wing, and have Dumba and Spurgeon on the points. So I didn't really like the fact that um, that – Goudreau got on the first power play, and I really didn't like the fact that Rask, who was who was uh, the center on the fourth line, got into the second power play. Because, I mean, Victor Rask, look, Seattle again. And, I mean, this is this league now. This is what I loved about the Wild for the first few games. This league is so fast, X, and teams are so fast. Like, this Seattle team did two things I really well, I thought. One, um, for the most part, they moved with speed. Second, they created a lot of commotion in front of Talbot really well. Like they 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 flooded the front of the net quite a bit. Well, if you're going to do that, and I'm countering with Victor Rask and Ben also. See, so here's something else too. So last year, Cole. Yeah on the blue line was not super quick, but he was a savvy bleeping veteran. Like he was really good and he knew exactly his positionally, uh, his positional skills were super sound. And, and like, I, I think we took him for granted and I watched him and said, one, this guy gets it Two, more importantly, this guy, this guy makes up and compensates at a lot of times for his lack of speed by knowing where to be and making smart plays. I watch Ben play, and he's not a terrible player, but he's not Cole, and so he's like sort of a step down. So his lack of speed actually becomes a problem. So the more that becomes a problem, 
to what you're talking about, Declan, uh, to come full circle to Saturday's game in Colorado, which can obviously skate like the wind. That's an issue. So, so that's why I'm saying Kalen Addison, who to me can skate like he's got skills, might be a little bit greener, but I feel more comfortable with trying to, to use your term, fight fire with fire by playing a guy like that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't in love to go back to the power play. I wasn't in love with that second power play at all. And I wonder if with, with Zuccarello out, if you can't strengthen that first power play by actually promoting Dumba, demoting Goudreau, and then just taking Fiala off the point where I don't think he has to play and sticking him on the wing that Zuccarello ordinarily occupies. Well, th- this is where I thought this you had too many horses on on that top unit, where then the second unit was eventually just going to look ugly and wasn't going to look um look, look look very strong. And you know, may- maybe guys like Goudreau look better. Okay, that's fine. But then when Rask gets power play time, or other guys who probably just don't deserve or don't really have any business being on a power play unit um, are, are getting time out there. It becomes a little difficult to your point about Addison. Um, Dean Evison just spoke to, to reporters post game. I have another nugget to tell you here in just a little bit nice. um, on a Fial and Kaprizov that he said, but uh, when asked about Kalen Addison, you know, he said, well, well, we'll look at it and this, this and that I would actually bet good money that Kalen Addison probably, probably comes up here on, on, on Saturday. I, I would, I would bet, you know, and, and you know what? Jordy Ben didn't have a bad game. You know, he was fine. No, but and he's Agreed. Jordy Ben. You know, he's he's logged what four hundred, five hundred games, and he's a veteran defenseman that can draw in and give you good minutes, and that's fine. But this would be a perfect uh, another situation where you draw on Kalen Addison, you put him on the second power play unit, you maximize his skill set. It just makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, to the Kaprizov Fiala point, uh, when asked about if they liked their chemistry together, Dean Evison said we did not like them together. So that is your writing on the wall. Fiala Kaprizov will most likely, unless top power play unit time, will not be getting another chance with at least five on five and on the same line, which is just infuriating. But you didn't give him a chance. I agree with you. Did did somebody point out the fact that you don't know what the chemistry is before the chemistry can develop? I don't don't believe so. They pulled the the turkey from the oven before it had cooked and been like, this this turkey made me sick. It's underdone. Well, no, it's not cooked. No, well, no bleep. <laughs> See, I just, I don't get that. Like yeah. you're deciding that quickly five on five because, all right, here's the really, really galling thing about this. There is going to come a point in time where they most definitely late in the season or in the playoffs should be familiar, at least familiar playing together because they, they should be, if you're going to be, if you're going to maximize this team and, who knows? They might not. But if you're going to maximize this team, Declan, mm-hmm. you are going to want to have them together at absolutely crucial moments like any good team does with their top players. I agree. And so you're telling me that now we've just pulled the plug on that without knowing? Ridiculous. Um, Did, did we get an update on what is wrong with Goligoski? Because that one is concerning to me. He has been really good. He is extremely important. And him being out, if it's for any amount of time becomes a real problem here. Yeah, I I, I didn't hear anything about Galagoski, but I, I think the fact if he misses another game, that again, a, that is more reason to why Kalen Addison gets called up. Um, yeah, I I, I I I agree with you. I thought Golagoski was was great in the first five six games. I don't know, and I, I hate to speculate on it, but like 
he was fine, right? He started practice and then something got iffy, you know, like you, you hope, hope to God and hope that it's not another COVID situation or something, something weird with positive tests coming in or coming out. Um, but I thought that was really strange, but I feel like if he can't play on Saturday, regardless of what's going on, that, that Kalen Addison draws into the lineup. Um, you, you may as well, you may as well. And I see other comments, by the way, on our YouTube channel. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us late right now. Um, past midnight central time, at least, uh, if you're a Minnesota wild fan, if you're a Seattle Kraken fan, you're still got 10 o'clock. The news is coming up or you're Bill drinking Mac, or you're drinking, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Mackey might be watching this too oh, down surely. in Seattle, walking back from a uh, climate change. Oh. arena. if they were there, I don't think they were there. Yeah, yeah, Phil didn't go. Yeah. The hockey whisperer might've been there, but Phil wasn't there. He might've been there in spirit with the hockey whisperer. But if, uh, if, if you like what you're hearing, by the way, subscribe to this YouTube channel. We provide Minnesota wild content. We are the, we are score North on Judd's hockey show. We want cups and uh, we want titles from the twins. We want titles from the Timberwolves who are off to a nice start. Subscribe for daily Minnesota sports entertainment right here on this YouTube channel. We're also available at Apple, Spotify and score North.com and the score North mobile app. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do think Kalen Addison eventually probably does draw in. I, I don't think there's any other point. And to our YouTube channel comments, commenters too, before I got off, off of my little tangent there, you know, well, then why not call up Rossi? Why not call up Boldy? Why not call up Beckman? I think, I, I, I think you wait then. I'd like to me, even though I had a pathet- it was a pathetic performance, at least to me, Judd, from the forward group, yeah. I, don't, I really don't know at least putting them in literal the inferno of playing in Colorado on a short plane ride, getting acclimated. I don't think that does anything for me. I think um, so. So Iowa played last Friday and Saturday, I think Declan. Okay. And and Rossi, from what I saw, was sick, and so he didn't play. He played in the first two games. He scored a goal, and then I think he was sick and didn't uh, didn't play. And so I and I believe that the Wild doesn't play again until this weekend. So yeah, he's not coming up, which is which is fine, but. Um, yeah, so here here's a, a question on Twitter from Three Force Geek. What's a worse loss? Wild Kraken, Wolves Pelicans on Monday. Hmm. I would like and I would say they're very similar. They're yeah. extremely disappointing. You know, it's fine to lose. You're going to lose games. It's fine to lose, but it's how you lose. And and it's do you create your own problems? And there's no question tonight that the Wild created its own problems and they got, you know, they the shame of it is they wasted a magnificent effort. Cam Talbot was great. I mean, that was that was the type of game. There's two things about the third period that drive me nuts. One is Talbot played great. So you got a goaltending performance, with, which is, you know, to quote Phil or or our buddy Royce, that, that, that's, that's hockey. That's hockey. A, a goaltender, it hits him, and the puck hits the goaltender. Him. You know, and so like, uh, you know, if that was a basketball game, the Kraken would have won by 50. OK, well, that's true. But you didn't because your goaltender played well. So here's what really galls me about that one. Third period, I think it was around with 11 minutes left in this game or so, Declan. Seattle basically went into a shell. Like they started to dump and chase. They started to flip the puck out. And it's like, oh, they are giving you every opportunity to come back here and tie. And the Wild came close. But they didn't do it, and it's just a shame because this was the this should be a show where we come on and say, huh, "Oh boy, did it again! Got great goaltending this time, and scored a late goal or scored an OT goal or something." This this game, for as poorly as the Wild played, was right there for the taking. 
And Seattle, when and I hate this. I hate the prevent defense, the shells. Like, yeah, no, they they went and prevent for the third. Yeah, no, but it drives the me entire nuts. Third, I agree but it's like you are dominating this game. Your confidence is sky high, and for Dave sure. Haxtell's like dump and chase, flip oh, it out, flip God. it out, and pursue it. Well, bleep you. You know you're playing great, play great. Uh, but yeah, so so this is, I would say that the Wolves lost to the Pelicans on Monday, and the Wilds lost tonight to, to the Kraken. Very similar. And the two wild defeats, Declan, mm-hmm. I am disappointed because the Nashville game was awful too. The Nashville game was really bad too. Um, these two losses, it's like, okay, you can lose games. I'm fine with that. But act like you care again. Uh, because I, I definitely have wild PTSD. There's no question about it. I am afflicted. I am afflicted with the with the fact that this team, you know, has has done this before, and I think we're past that, but nights like the Nashville loss and nights like tonight, they sort of make me second-guess that, and I don't like being in that position. Well, I mean, and I, I don't really like playing this game either, but you, you can play a hindsight game that, I mean, the Wild might be, what, now 5-2? and two? Is that what, are they 5-2 are they and two right now? Because they were 5-1, and one, I believe, yep. going into this game. Yep. You can make a case that they could be 0-7. They've been trailing in all their games. You know, they, they've been the comeback kids and been resilient, and that's great. I like that. But it's kind of it's it's kind of similar also to the Vikings, man. Like, you can make a case, well, well they should be 6-0, and but if they didn't miss a kick, and if Dalvin doesn't fumble, and they don't do this, and they don't have that go their way, and if the Wild are well, if they started hot, and they didn't let their gas off the pedal, and they took care of teams like the Kraken and the Predators, they could be this, this, and that. It's just sports, dude. If you want to split hairs down the middle, you can do that all night long. I do think your comparison to the for the Wolves, though, to the Pelicans' loss, it's it's that's more spot on. That's more completely accurate. Um, that that Pelicans team for the Wolves is bad, and there's plenty of Timberwolves content on on this channel that you can consume if you want to subscribe to it. But the Wild need to take care of of these teams, and and the Kraken are a better team than the Preds, so I don't want to put the Predators and the Kraken. In, in the same vein, because I do think the Kraken are a better team and just are, are, are sneakily a little bit better. But th- this is a game you just, you had every chance to still win without a great performance, and you still weren't able to do so. And now, and this is just nature of hockey, now you, now you get to play Colorado in their barn. And that, that could be potentially, Judd, a bloodbath. It could be a bloodbath. And that's an intriguing thought. Now, now, the Avs, I believe, played at St. Louis tonight, and I think they won four, four to three. The Avs have not played yeah. great. Um, here's the thing, though: Colorado's goaltending doesn't scare me one bit. No, that's who true. starts? Darcy Kemper. Do you think the, they actually start their backup? The guy who started for the Kraken tonight, Grubauer, is the guy that Colorado couldn't let get away, and they did. And I, I know that they, they had had to go out. Or had had to keep uh, your guy Lanniskog with a big contract, it, but Grubauer, the way he played tonight, do you think the Abs couldn't use that type of uh, oh, right. goaltending? And now yeah. you're stuck with Darcy Kemper. Here's here's my thought on Saturday: go score some damn goals, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Nice time for your first goal. We saw so much from Kirill last year that there is like this has to end soon this whole this whole i'm you know i I made a great pass but now i'm sort of taking a little while off and then i'm going to come back and i'm you know six shots on goal four shots 
in the last game, which at least he's shooting now, like that establishes, let's see this now consistently and let's see some damn goals. Go out, you know, you know, go into uh, Colorado, beat him six to five. Yeah, dude. Go out there and kick and, and, and six to four. How about that? Yeah. yeah, beat him well. Beat him, beat him, beat him high, beat him low. I'm with you on that. And then we'll change our tune. They get the Senators on Tuesday. The Senators should be a yeah. gimme game. The Senators should be a gimme game. The Senators Sen- are terrible. Yeah, the Senators are plucky, man. Senators are plucky. The Senators, oh. you've got to go apply yourself. I just, what I don't like is the two defeats. There has been far too much time taken off. And, and, and this team is too good. This is not a, I think this team is bad because I don't. This team is too good to take shifts off, and they have skilled players who we need to see be skilled. And, and Kirill Kaprizov is on that list. Fiala. There are enough guys on this team that you have the ability to score goals. I, I think the most disheartening thing, though, now post game, is Dean saying we yeah, didn't yeah. like their chemistry and that's it, and we pulled the plug. I think that's very disheartening. I'd like to talk about that more. I, that to me. That's not a that's not an answer I want. That's yeah. not an answer I want or that I approve of. Uh, I really think that takes two players who you should allow to build chemistry and play together at times, and it really it makes the lives of opposing teams easier if they know that those two are never going to touch the ice aside from power plays at the same time. I don't like that answer. No, I don't like it either. And lastly, here from a. AFC Young on our YouTube channel, you know, KK, Kirill Kaprizov, and Fiala were on the ice for both even strength goals against. That is why Dean is ending the experiment. I bet the analytics are terrible for them. And, yeah, the analytics aren't great. But here's, here's the thing with analytics. You need sample size. Right. You need, you need, you need sample That's size exactly for right. it to be proper for evaluation, which right. also means, by the way, you need eye test to balance out all of these things. Analytics are great for hockey. They are. A lot of people would say analytics are ruining hockey. I don't believe that, but there are there are things that's baseball, that you have to incorporate. Yes, baseball. That's baseball. And baseball. And you and I could talk for forty more minutes on why baseball is in the absolute gutter right now, Joe. But hockey is not being ruined. But right. but hockey is not. And and analytics for hockey are a good thing. But also there's eye tests and there's reason to give longer minutes and longer situations for Kirill and Fiala to to, to to do so. So yes. We we do have we have Mackie and Judd. We got feedback Friday tomorrow. I'm I'm sure there'll be some feedback that could be pulled on this wild game that we'll talk with our hockey whisperer, Phil Mackey, as he's looking at his crystal balls. He lays his pretty little head on his pillow tonight. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. You I hope he got through the whole game. I hope he did too. And you have keys, right? Yeah, you still keys, got keys. Keys to a Vikings victory against the Cowboys. Wow. And let's just let's just say that uh, I, I saw a couple of very interesting stories and tweets today. Um Yeah. The the sharps, shall we mm-hmm. say, in Las Vegas, they're thinking Dak Prescott's not playing. Yeah, a little Nancy Kerrigan. They're little, thinking uh, Dak Prescott's not going to play, little, and little that hammer to that. And knee. we'll have to see what Keys, who by the way is is three sheets to the wind, he's not coming home. He says he's going right to the office. We'll have to see what Keys has to say about that. All right, last last thing to just plant this little seed into you without setting us off another 10-more-minute rant. This quote from Dean Avicenna, Kirill Kaprizov, and Kevin Fial just came through from Michael Riso. Big okay. quote here. I'll, I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Okay. Quote, Well, we want them to contribute the same way. We want everyone to contribute, right? For the better of the team, 
hopefully they're not putting individual goals or points ahead of what they're trying to do as a group because we've had success as a group without some people scoring because everybody is pulling in the right direction. So when you get a little sideways with that, then things don't go right with the end result, end quote. So I I think, just deducting the tea leaves of that quote, Judd, that tells me that they saw individually that they just they didn't gel together and they put also other things before the, they put the cart before the horse from well, their side, which is both- just... They're both pressing. Yeah, they're both they're... they're both not playing great. You've got to give it time to develop. And furthermore, the entire team, aside from like less than five guys, played like horse bleep. So are we? So we're going to say after tonight that that didn't work because they're. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov is forget who he's playing with. He's pressing. He's flat out pressing, and to to accuse them. With their talent to accuse, so he's saying they're they're serving their own agendas. I mean, if that's how you feel, they could be doing that with on any line, right? Um, yeah, this also will we won't get in, into this yeah. now, but this also this also gets into the whole thing with Fiala in particular. There's a very I, I can tell you right now, Caprisov, like I Caprisov, I think they love, but there's a very like different Kevin. feeling from Judd's hockey show when it comes to Fiala to internally, I think yeah, with that team. So yeah, that's a very interesting, I just, I I think it's short sighted to pull the plug this quickly and be like, the analytics were bad. They weren't good. Your whole, the film review of this game is going to be brutal. Okay. I agree. It's going to be brutal. In fact, I'm going to break it down tomorrow. It's going to be, go get us early furious. Um, I am actually, no, no, no. Tomorrow's a big day. I'm going to bed right now. I'm going to sleep. I'm tired. I'm old. I'm almost, 52, you wow. can go out to the bars, no, no, no. 2 a.m. bar finish time. finish this little tequila here. Down 2 a.m. bar podcast. time, go out no, no, no. to the No, 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 no not here. No. no all right, no. all right, do, do your thing. All right, yeah. Uh, what is it? Pass shoot score. You like to say pass shoot score. Yeah, <laughs> that's your thing. Not my thing. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.